This morning, it's never happened before, but I followed a fire engine to church. But more than that, it ended up following me. Come on. That's the picture of the church. We want to be a church on fire. We want to be on fire. That's what we're looking for. That's what the world needs. In fact, the world needs fire and the river. It's a big contradiction. But it's a win-win with God. When it's cold, you need fire. When it's hot, you need water. God's got both. Come on. We're in a drought at the moment, verging on. And it won't take much for fire to catch. In fact, Bolton had wildfires, didn't it? Saddle with more. It's a picture. <clears throat> and I'll start with another picture, or carry on with another picture. Um, as you heard, we, Corinne and I have been blessed to be away. Um, it was my brother's 60th birthday, and we did a surprise. So half the family managed to get over there without him knowing. And then on um, Saturday morning, he was well and truly gobsmacked where... Dolo, his wife, took him to this remote location where the others had got a house. And we pulled back the gates and it was like, <laughs> Happy birthday, Nick! <laughs> how did you, how did you, what did you... Anyway, so that's another story. Um, let's get to the point. Anyway, it did mean some early mornings for us in terms of flying and getting reasonable rates on the planes. So it was a 4 a.m. start on Friday. <clears throat> so by Friday afternoon, we were fairly bushed. Lovely sunny day, so we put the things out in the garden, lay down on the little whatever you call them, can't think of what it is. And, um, and every now and again, it was like, ooh, 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 get off my back, stop it, ooh, what's this? And I had put, it was quite windy, wasn't it? It has been quite windy. And um, one of the sunbed thingies was, the one I was on, was under the tree in our garden. Our tree is a beautiful um, hawthorn, which has beautiful red-pink blossom. It was covered uh, earlier in May. But it soon goes, and it dries up, and it goes very brown and not very attractive, and it starts falling off the tree. So all these things were dropping off in the wind and landing on my back and it was irritating I was like what it's flies get off get off and today God's saying what are you living under because yeah. you can move away from that you can get out of underneath it and Corrine blessed did it I didn't I just stayed there and in the end I jacked in and forget it I'll go inside or whatever but we have the capacity to move away from being under stuff that actually has no right to dominate us, has no right to remain over us and oppressing us. We have the authority to deal with things, okay? And as I shared this morning, we're going to get more about this stuff, about what do we do? How do we proceed? How do we get the good stuff that God has talked about? I have tissues. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'd just like, to, just like to welcome anybody who's watching online. It's the eternal word that can reach to your heart. Wherever you are, wherever you're going through, God can speak. Yes. Distance and time is irrelevant. God can speak supernaturally. He's outside of time. Brilliant. And he can speak to us. 
which is a good thing, because I wouldn't have come to church if nothing good was going to happen. It's pointless. I'd rather be outside in the garden. Wouldn't you? There are plenty of other things I'd rather do, unless God's here. If God is here, then I want to be here. I want to leave this place different. I want to be changed. I want to encounter Jesus, because what is the point? We waste our time. As Paul said, if there is no resurrection, we are of men most to be pitied. It's a waste of our time, energy, giving and everything else we do. If Jesus hasn't triumphed over death, sin and the grave. Come on. I've been over in Spain. They do. Very demand. My brother's picking up all the mannerisms. But the point is he has risen and he is triumphant and he has power and authority and he's given it to us because we've chosen to receive him. And we are now on equal footing with Jesus before the Father. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees a finished work. And if you're worried about, well, I've got stuff, well, he's given you robes of righteousness that cover it. Okay, and he's working by Holy Spirit to outwork all of that stuff. You don't need to be phased by it or think I'm not worthy. He's made you worthy. He's clothed you. He's covered you. So this morning, I've already started, but I will carry on starting by saying, um, where's the door? Where's the door? Come on. The door is somewhere. I know it's somewhere. It should be somewhere. Where's the door? Is it down here? Aha! I found it. This is good news. This is good news because I found the door. Praise God. I found the door. I'm just going to drape it over here. Oh, you could hold it up, but I could just say the grand unveiling. I found the door, praise God. It was a bit inconvenient finding that door again, but it wasn't too hard. It was actually in quite an obvious place, which was great, uh, and that makes things a whole load easier. So, Riz, that's great. Are you happy there? Um, Yeah, if you want to take notes, I'll... You're all right. Okay. So, I found the door. I'm really pleased it didn't take long, because that's another two minutes off my time. But I want to ask, where's your door? Okay? Where is your door? Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen online. Okay? It was recorded and whatnot. It's, I don't know what it was called, but it was something about a door. I don't know. Anyway, it, I did it. It was a few months back. I haven't done many this year, so it'll be there somewhere. But where's your door? Here's one of my doors. Okay? In here, I write things that God says to me. Things that maybe people have brought to me. So I believe God's saying this to you. Or it might be something I saw that spoke to me. So I might write in here about being under the tree and the bits dropping off and falling on me. And I couldn't be bothered to move. But actually, we need to be bothered, don't we? So I have a few of these and they're dotted about and it's a bit 
awkward because they're all over the place. I just find scraps of paper. So what I do is I put the little post-its on the really, really important bits. Can you see the little green bits? So then I can see the book. Aha, it's that page. Rather than spending hours trying to leaf through to find amongst all the notes I've taken. Where are the things God really said to me? The things I really need. These are life. These are our coordinates. These are our reference points. If you feel you're drifting, you need to find your door. Okay, you need to remember the things God said to you. You need to start writing stuff down if you don't. So if you come on a Sunday and you're not used to doing it, just get a pad and a pen and just start to write down something you think, that sounds good. Yeah. And just start jotting it. Sometimes it's hard if somebody's talking fast. But try to start. You can go back afterwards and think, okay, now what was the rest of what they were saying? Uh, this is life. You want to be on a firm foundation, don't you? And the word will bring you a firm foundation. God's word is eternal. It is the very thing that sustains and holds the entire universe together. Now, when you get your head around that, you think, uh, wow. And we have it in black and white for us. This book is supernatural. It is amazing. It is, there is nothing greater than this. <laughs> there is nothing beyond this. You can't find anything else that will eclipse this. It is the uneclipsable truth. What more can I say? Matthew 4 verse 4 says something, and I would read it if I had my glasses. I do have my glasses, but they're in my bag. Just bear with me. You can all be looking for Matthew 4. Thanking you very much. Sorry, Riz. Hey, man, I forgot you were there. You're a star. Wait, well, you can just drape it over the front of this. Well, it, you might need some sticky tape. Okay. So Matthew 4, verse 4. It's very familiar. Yeah. I'll say the whole verse. Jesus replied. So obviously he's talking to somebody. In fact, he's talking to the devil. It's written, people won't live only by bread but by every word spoken by God. Now, I just want to say that you could read this book from cover to cover and get absolutely nothing out of it. Theologians probably have done that. They didn't find salvation because they weren't looking for it. They didn't find life because they didn't believe this was written by the author of life. When you come to this book, you must believe that God will speak. And sometimes we have a bit of a casual relationship with this. And we need to humble ourselves when we come to it and remember. <laughs> How many minutes was that? <clears throat> 15? This is God's enduring word. And he wants to communicate his living word to us. Now, just a small Greek lesson. The word in Greek for word, follow me now, don't lose it. The word for word, there are two words. One is logos, 
and the other is Rima. The Logos is sort of the established set firm. It's word. That's just a word. Lift it up, put it around, turn it around. It's a word. Right. Rima is living word. When God says something to you, it jumps off the page and you go, oh, wow. That's the answer. Yeah. Or for me, often it's like, wow, that's interesting. There's a door there. God's opening something to me. There's something of life. I'm going to write it down because I don't want to forget that. So I've just read three chapters and there was one sentence that was like, I can't get away from that. That's just, wow. How do, do you know? And then it becomes more and more. So we live by those words. Okay. What do you value most in life? Don't have to answer, just think about it. How do you build your time and life around that thing because you value it? Well, how much more valuable is the Rima, the living word of God? How about us prioritizing and shaping and building our life around God's living word. You know Bill Johnson, and I've said this before, he has all his words, his prophetic words on an iPad. He carries around, he just looks at it often. He's so desperately, desperately earnest that he doesn't miss his destiny. And it's like, hello, Bill, you think you're missing your destiny ever? Really? But he's got such a passion that he wants to remain on track. It's so easy when People get rich and famous and everything else. Everything goes to pieces because they just lose that place where they started. The place that made them rich and famous. The place that people loved them because they were just humble and just ordinary people. Just like me and people loved them. But then they lose that and they become something else. And then it's like it goes sour, doesn't it? God wants us to retain Throughout our lives, the freshness of life, and it comes through the living word. Now, you've got to be in the word to receive it, okay? Say no more. I want to share a picture now, which I had a few weeks ago, I can't remember quite when, when I was praying for the church, and I just had it in the flash of an eye, and... And I'll share it with you. <clears throat> and basically, it was of a riverbank. Just a little section of riverbank, about from here to here to here. Okay, it wasn't very big. And it was sort of, the, the river was about a foot beneath the bank, and it was a drop. There was no shore, it was just river. And it was quite dark water, actually, but it was that sort of rich, peat-filled water. And there were one or two leaves flowing about in it and what I realized was that this was actually an eddy in the river and what I felt God was saying to us was that we are in an eddy okay now I'm not being negative about this but I want to expand and help us understand something we're in the river come on bring it on but do you remember um Steve Blacker brought a word about more Holy Spirits. Remember stirring the cauldron. It was really hard to stir. It's full of wonderful stuff, but it needed more fluid. 
And he was saying that was about us. We need more Holy Spirit. We need more Holy Spirit. In fact, it's spirit and word. It's spirit and word. It's spirit and word. That is the word to the church in these end time days. We need to be people who are steeped in this and steeped in the Holy Ghost. The two together are an unstoppable force. And we've got work to do to get to that place or be in that place. Not that we're going to strive on it, but it's about being drawn to that place. And there's a place for discipline as well. We've got to be disciplined in it. And that is part of the picture about the eddy. Eddy? Um, Are you all happy with understanding what an eddy is? Yeah? Okay, let me explain. So when a river moves along and down and winds through its watercourse... The main body of water is thundering through the middle. And at the sides, sometimes the water in the current sort of goes around like this. And if you're in a little uh, rowing boat, stop that, you can get caught in an eddy and you end up, if you don't know how to steer the thing, which is probably most of us, you end up, the boat starts moving with the current that is going in a circle. And you're going around and then you think, oh, we're about to get back in the river. And it's, oh, no, it's pulled me around again. It's just because of the landscape underneath the river and at the edge and the side. It's just less predictable. So it's quite a normal feature of river, rivers. So how does it apply to us? What is God saying about us as a people? And what do we do about, well, if he's saying we're in the eddy, but I, I'd rather be in the middle of the river. Eeks, a bit scary. I mean, that water there in the eddy was actually quite deep. I couldn't see the bottom, but I think it was possibly about this deep, which feels safe. Your feet can still feel the bottom. I'm okay. But the river in Ezekiel became a river that no one could cross. And as God told Ezekiel, keep stepping, keep striding, the water got deeper and deeper and deeper. It's getting scary, God. This is really I'm floating. I'm floating in the river. Whoa, this is, this is exhilarating. It's, it's amazing. I'm not in control at all. I'm going with the river. Okay, now, it is a scary place when your feet get off the floor. But God is saying there's more. He wants us to progress. Now, the other thing about the eddy is that things get caught in it and go round in circles until something happens to change that. Now, what I want to say to us is we have the power to get out of the eddy. We have power to direct ourselves into the flow. I'm not, and what I'm saying is I'm not wanting this to be any, in any way negative because I believe that God is doing good things and he's, he's delighted with us, but he's trying to show and help us there are tools for us to use that will take us further. It's all very well just going with the flow, but, I mean, if you go with the flow out there, you'll be dragged to, to some horrible place. You have to steal yourself in the world. You've got to be filled up with God. Otherwise, you're battered. Watch the news? No, thanks. It's so negative. It so focuses on death and corruption and awful stuff. It's, I recommend you don't... You just moderate watching the news. 
If you think, that's news time, stick tally on, let's watch the news, see what's going on. Why don't you give God that priority? Yeah. What's the news today? What's the good news today? Right. What's God saying to me today? Because that is going to do a lot more good than watching the news. We need to know what's going on in the world, obviously, because we can pray. But filter it. It is biased what is reported for a start so filter it and think spirit what are you saying here or i'll pray for that family that just had that awful road traffic accident with those kids come on we have the answer how do we apply the steer how do we steer the boat well, let's jump into James. We know this. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. James is in the New Testament. It's a tiny, weeny, itsy bitsy little book near Hebrews. Hebrews is a bit bigger, so you might... I think it comes immediately after Hebrews. It does. And it's chapter 3. And simply starting verse 3. Now, it's talking about natural things to help us get an understanding of spiritual things. When we bridle horses and put bits in their mouths to lead them wherever we want, we can control their whole bodies. Horses are pretty... Have you been up close to a horse? Probably quite a few of us have. They're big creatures. They're awesome. They are awesome. But a bit, and a wholesome, thanks Pete, yeah, they're very wholesome. I love that about Yorkshire. They add H's where there aren't H's and drop H's where there are. Really wholesome. Anyway, God's wholesome. So, three, that's what I've just read. And then he goes on, this is Paul writing, consider ships. They're so large that strong winds are needed to drive them. But pilots direct their ships wherever they want with a little rudder. In the same way, even though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts wildly. And it goes on. I'm not going to read the next bit because it's not pertinent to what I want to share. Um, But what we speak will influence our destiny. Okay? With the heart we believe unto salvation with the mouth we confess to salvation now I've probably said that slightly wrong um, to justification we're heart believe and we're justified with the mouth we confess and are saved Um, I remember when I first confessed that I was a believer it was like all hell broke loose against me emotionally there was just this tirade I sensed in the spirit realm not that I understood about that stuff but I could feel something going on why have you done that there is power when we speak because we are speaking beings that hold authority when we speak if we understand what we're speaking and we connect with the truth and speak these words okay The power of life and death are in the tongue. We speak either life or we speak death. And we have to learn to cooperate with right speaking. We will see results when we do this. Our words are key. Speak his words, not the words of circumstance. Okay? It's so, so easy to just say... The worst thing that's going on 
We have to speak. You know, I mean, God spoke into being. We can do the same. There may be things that aren't, but they can become by our words. Now, it might be something you don't feel very comfortable with, but just start. Start where you are. And if you know this stuff, push it further. Go further. So, back to our little eddy. You feel like you're going around in circles. You feel like you're not getting anywhere. You feel like nothing seems to be changing, right? Well, let's get into this word and ask God, the Lord of heaven and earth, to start to speak to you. I love that psalm that Pat read this morning. It was, it was dripping with, oh, that's so good. I love that. that is, it was Psalm 34, wasn't it? And what translation was that from? The Passion Bible. It's good to read different... I've got um, the Common English Bible here, which says things in, in different ways, which is nice and refreshing. Um, but let God speak. Get used to the fact he will communicate through his word. And hold on to it. Take a hold of it. This is your branch, if you like, to pull you out of the eddy. Grab something that's moving along in that water. I'm going to go with this. This is my way forward. This is my way to see change. Um, Yeah. I'll just give you a little example which you may have heard me share before. And this is before I ever knew anything about speaking truth. When I left home to come up to Leeds to college to study, I woke up in the morning and I was overwhelmed with all these negative things. You're not a Christian. You don't believe. God's not real. That's a lie. You're not a Christian. That's rubbish. It's really nothing. Nothing ever happened. And it was like, what is this? I would had a, I mean, a very dramatic salvation. It was like powerful. I knew something had happened to me. I knew transfer from light to dark, 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 darkness to light. Let's get it right. God had done something I knew was real. But then I'm in this different place. And I start to be challenged with this lie, these lies that were bombarding me. So I was, just, I was lying in bed. Just, I'm not. I'm a Christian. This is real. I believe in God. The Bible is true. I believe what the Bible says. I believe in Jesus. I know he's real. It was just an automatic response coming out of me. Now, What was going on? This is just an example for every one of us. I was in a situation which was different. A situation in which I wasn't familiar. A situation in which I could get easily unnerved. And I was on my own. There was nobody else. And it was in a situation where I was being overwhelmed with an emotional message of negativity. Now that can happen to all of us. And I'm sure all of us can say, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's happened to me. And it still happens. Stuff will still get thrown at you. We have an enemy. He's real. He's invisible most of the time. But demons are active and will throw rubbish in your thinking. Now, the challenge, and this is the the work of salvation for us, is when we realise this is going on, the challenge for us is to say, no, I am not receiving that. It's like a muscle. The more you exercise a muscle, the stronger it becomes. The more you do a particular exercise or skill, the easier it becomes. When you start, it's really uncomfortable. It hurts the next day. But as you do this, you will grow stronger. And also, you will begin to discern 
light from darkness. You will recognize lies from truth. You will begin to realize, wait a minute, that's, that lie, I, I've heard that lie before, and actually, I know it's rubbish. Well, I'm not having it. I don't want to underestimate how hard it can, excuse me, be to make that stand, okay? You, you see me, most of you, sort of in this sort of context, and you think, oh yeah, it's all right for him. When I'm up here, there's an anointing. I mean, there is an anointing anyway that we can all carry. And I don't want to say, you, you can only get anointed if you're up here. But that's rubbish. But there is an anointing that comes, which you may think, oh, well, Stu just walks through life two feet off the ground. <laughs> Wrong. Definitely not. Stuff comes against me. We've got to wield this sword of the spirit, and I'll just plug speaking in tongues. Power comes when you speak in tongues. It is so powerful, and if you still don't know how to do that, we'll pray for you. If you want to pray in tongues more and just struggle with it, we'll pray for you. It's a mystery. The devil hasn't a clue what you're praying. It's a secret code. It's Holy Spirit praying exactly God's will for the situation that is pertinent to your life. Or you may be interceding on behalf of family members or who knows what it could be. What I learned early was I hold in my mind's eye the issue, the situation, and I just spoke in tongues over it. It's amazing what happens. (laughs) And it's a wonderful place to be. It's a God and an order to pray. Well, pray in tongues. That's the perfect thing. When you come to the end of yourself, God goes, yes, now I can do something. So we don't know how to pray. Pray in tongues. He is the Holy Spirit within us praying. He is the river. You know, the, the most obvious and concrete evidence of Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. So why don't we do that more? Okay? Just, I'm just, I'm just going to prod you. And just, I just want to say two things about the words for teaching in the word, in Hebrew. There's one word which is showing, showing this is the way. Let me show you. I give you understanding. Let me show you. And the other one is, booyah, the bum. Get on with it. It's an ox goad. Prod. Oh, God will do that. He'll prod you. How many times do I have to tell you? Get on. Which would you prefer? Yeah, the one. Show you the way. Okay. Sometimes we need a boot, don't we? Yeah. Okay. That was for free. So, um, I'm just going to draw to a close as time has gone on, and you've been patient. Just over thirty minutes. Matthew six thirty-one. There's, there's so much more that we could talk about, about the way we speak, okay? And this is what I want to kind of leave with you today, thinking about how do I speak? And you'll have heard it said before, when people say, oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's my back. What's wrong with you? Oh, it's my, my back's, you know, I've got a really bad back, my back. My back's really bad. I've got this really bad thing. It's, yeah, my, it's my condition. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop right there. It is not yours, for a start off. Yeah. It is not your portion, and you do not need to own it. Yes. 
you speak to that thing and you bring your authority and you declare back, you come into line with the word of God. Jesus took the pain on the cross. I'm not having it. I refuse you. I resist you. And I serve notice on you in the name of Jesus because you have absolutely no rights. You're illegal. I serve notice on you. You have the power to do that. Again, it might feel really weird doing that. But do it all the same. You have power. The lights will go on eventually. You think, hang on a minute. I have a key. When you see it work, you're like, ooh, this is good. Matthew 6.31. This is a really useful key. Um, Can I have somebody just to read that out? We'll have a few translations of it. Has everybody found it? Okay, Mark, what are you reading from? Uh, okay, anybody else? Sarah, what have you got? You've got the NOV? Okay, and anybody else? Any other? You've got NOV? Anybody else? Any other options? Or two? Well, we go for Sarah's first. Um, forget I've got my glasses, so use them. Okay, so Sarah, just Matthew six thirty-one. I believe, is all I want. So, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Thank you. And Mark? You want 31 and 32? Just 31 will be fine. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? Thank you very much. Okay, so do not worry. Okay. Hands up if you've ever worried. It was my hobby. Okay? But it ain't anymore, thank God. The King James Version puts it a slightly different way, okay? It says this, it says, Take no thought saying. I'll repeat it, so you get the penny to drop. Take no thought by saying whatever it might be. So, A thought comes against you. The temptation is just to say, oh no, this is really bad. Oh, it's the last thing I wanted to have. Oh no, well that means I'm going to have to go and get a loan from the bank. And then it's like, then I'm going to be in debt. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to have to work till I'm 75. And and it's just so bad. I say, how's your day going? Oh, it's just really bad. You know what? I'm just going to, the car's been run off and I'm going to have to get a loan out from the bank. Oh, that's really bad. I know it's bad, isn't it? Well, I tell you how bad. Well, what happened to me? Yeah, well, I had this accident. And then then they had compensation against me. And I said, me insurance. Right through, however, take no thought of that garbage and speak it out. It's a process, this it takes time to learn. I know me and Corin will sort of say, How are you doing? And we might not answer, but look at each other. Think, okay, I get where you're at. You just don't want to say anything because at the moment, the only thing that's going to come out of your mouth isn't necessarily going to be the best thing. So probably best say nothing. Okay, I get that. So if you can't say anything, say nothing. I remember Thumper said that in Bambi. If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. (laughs) So... It's about harnessing other words, okay? But what does God say? The bigger picture is 
He has the victory and he's given it to us. God will make a way. I love that one in, in Kings or Chronicles where it says the, the, the armies of Judah or Israel, I can't remember which, they're surrounded. And what do they say? Lord, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Oh, come on. Come on, people. We may not have all the answers. But if our eyes are upon him, if our eyes are upon him, he will speak. And there will be so many obstacles to your getting down to this thing here. So many distractions will get in the way to stopping you from hearing the eternal word. Because that's the whole thing that holds the whole shebang together. Our eyes are upon him. That's what he wants. So he can speak. I've got your attention now. Let me show you the answer. And God will speak in a myriad of ways. Like I've shared with you today. Driving here, there was a picture. The other day, under the tree, there was a picture. God's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking. Let us open our ears to him. So I'll stop. We're going to make a response in our hearts um, to God. If you want to stand, feel free. But this morning, like I said, I didn't come to church just for the sake of coming to church. I want to see the kingdom built. I want to see change. I want to see transformation. God is in the business of change. We are his vessels in the earth and he is limited to us. Really, God? Is this all you've got? But he wants us to know we have not got the answers outside of him. So we just say, God, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. This is great. That's all I need. That's all I need. So maybe God's just quickened something in your heart about a way of doing things differently. Um, Just about saying no to the stuff that keeps sending you around in circles. About choosing to listen to him from your word from his word whatever it is you know that that's it's just for you and God but as we this morning make a decision a quality decision to say okay God I'm going to take this with me today into this week I'm going to add this to my arsenal of weapons in the face of the enemy in this battle that we're in fight the good fight of faith this is what it's about so we're just standing before God now and by the through with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here. Lord, we we just say we love you. Yes. We thank you that you saved us. You wrenched us out of darkness. And you cascaded light over us. Thank you, God, that you don't require anything more of us because you love us so much. But you know, Lord, that if we just left it at that, we'd be disappointed. And there is so much more. So, Lord, as we stand here this morning, we want to say to you, we will do those things that you show us. We will endeavour to embrace your heart towards us today that you will help us Lord to put into practice saying no to the lies 
to bring a steer to our life when we feel circumstances are trying to dog us or crush us or steer us away that we don't want to go. Holy Spirit, I ask you now to just alight upon people in a fresh way. Um, I just ask you, if, if you would like somebody to put, lay hands on you just to help you in this journey, I just want you to stick your hand up um, so that anybody else around could just put a hand on you. If you just want, it, it, nobody needs to pray, but just to put a hand on you, say yes. So you might want to open your eyes. If anybody's got the hand up that want, there is somebody at the back with a hand up. If you just, somebody go, how would you mind? Um, just about the body. Okay, working together. Jesus, we want to bring a smile to your face. We, we know we do anyway, but we want you to laugh over us and laugh with us. And Jesus, we want to be attractive to this world. And whatever gifts you have for us today, we want to receive fullness from you as we leave this place. So we give you thanks, Lord, and we honour you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. This house. We are real. But we also make mistakes. And when we do, we make sure we say sorry. We give second chances to anyone. And we also have lots of fun. In this house, we definitely forgive. We also do loud. We give the best hugs. We are family. And in this house, that means we, we love. love.